Welcome to PLV Radio Network out of BC, Canada, where inquiring minds meet inspiration. Coming up next is the Innovation Series. Hello and welcome to PLVRadio.com. This is Frank Germano, and this evening we are going to be talking about technology, mostly Tesla technology and Schauberger technology, and how I got involved with this in the first place. And this goes back some, oh, two decades, and I have always been a fan of Nikola Tesla. And as most of you know, Tesla was pretty much forgotten by history up until recently with the advent of the Internet and more and more people getting involved and finding out that Nikola Tesla is, in a very big way, responsible for creating the world that we live in. And it's not just the alternating current system, which every time you see a power transmission line, every time you turn on your light, that has a direct relationship to Nikola Tesla, the man. But it goes on and on. The coil that uh, energizes and starts your car is another example. Radio, which was finally held up in the courts, the Supreme Court of the United States, that Tesla did in fact invent radio ahead of Marconi. Uh, Tesla would have gone way beyond just radio uh, with what was called his magnifying transmitter. And this was that tower that you always see in the pictures. Uh, that was in Shoreham, Long Island, Wardenclyffe Station. And that tower, the magnifying transmitter, was set to give freely available electricity to anyone on the planet, plus voice, plus pictures, unlimited potential if Tesla had been allowed to finish and activate that tower. So I had always been a fan of Nikola Tesla. You know, as a school kid, as a young adult, I'd absorbed and read everything I could get my hands on, which back then was just what was in the library. So the books were far and few in between. Uh, Man Out of Time by Margaret Cheney is one of the best, still one of the best biographies on Nikola Tesla. A fantastic book. I encourage everyone to pick that up if they can now. It's available on Kindle and on the Internet all over the place. Uh, another newer book is Wizard by Mark Schaefer. And that book uh, takes a very in-depth look at Nikola Tesla, the man. So being a fan as I was throughout my early life and later years, I came across an interesting uh, website. And it gave a quote from Nikola Tesla that I was not familiar with. And it said that out of all of Tesla's inventions, his greatest invention was his turbine. And I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not a motor. This is not a generator. This is not electricity. This is a turbine. And as I researched more and dug into this, I found this is an amazingly simple, beautiful, elegant mechanical transformer. And it's called the Tesla turbine or the Tesla pump. And when a fluid enters what's called a disc pack, it's a flat metal disc, similar to, let's say, an old uh, vinyl record. You could look at it. It's mounted on a shaft, and it has cutouts in the center, and the fluid goes through that and acting on viscosity and adhesion, the tendency of a liquid or fluid to adhere to a smooth surface. It starts 
motion, mechanical motion. So it transfers the energy of steam of a combustion uh, chamber uh, fired into it or a liquid, and it transmits that energy to the shaft. That's it. No pistons, no springs, no valves, no lifters, no complicated components of an internal combustion engine, just a series of flat, round discs mounted on a shaft with their centers cut out. When it's powered in reverse mode, it pulls or sucks in the fluid through its center, accelerates it at the speed of the shaft, transmits that fluid out through the casing, and it's an elegant, simple, beautiful pump. So you have two modes with the same basic uh, unit, which is a turbine or a pump. Well, I was so fascinated by this, I said, oh, I've got I've to build one. So lo and behold, I teamed up with a mechanic friend of mine back in Pennsylvania, in northeast Pennsylvania, and we built our first Tesla turbine. And uh, there was quite a shock, a pleasant one, that when we powered that up, it worked perfectly. So that led me down a road of discovery, which that started in about 1998 to today, and uh, formed two great uh, small independent companies out of that, one being International Turbine and Power, uh, with partners Martin Durantes and two others, uh, engineers, and uh, we took off running. And lo and behold, with the beauty of the Internet, we found that uh, there were people interested in the Tesla turbine, and investors came in no short order and funded us. And they funded us quite well, and we built... uh, probably the first commercially viable Tesla turbine that was called our Charlie series. And that's still operational to this day. And that was uh, finished uh, prototyping and out of uh, testing back in 2000. So it's an extremely durable, robust design. And throughout the years, uh, we've transitioned away from international turbine and power uh, into global energy technologies. My other partner, Martin Durantes, is Durantes Resources, LLC. And we've continued to manufacture these turbines. So it was a big, uh, long, wonderful road of discovery. And where that has led me, uh, through research into the turbine and engineering and trying to find improvements, although we always recommend anyone that's looking at anything that is Tesla, start with Tesla's base as a baseline. And then, if you so see fit, modify from there. Where we've seen problems crop in is when people think that, uh, for whatever reason, that they want to get a new patent, uh, that they think that uh, they know better. Nikola Tesla, (laughs) from our own personal experience, always ends up right. So follow Tesla, and if you feel so compelled, change it after you've built exactly to Tesla specs or patent, and you'll be, well, much safer in the end. And with that said, we noticed some peculiar, uh, let's call them uh, dispack deforming and with heat, and that led me on a quest which I learned about Victor Schauberger. And uh, again, who is this guy? Well, through the Internet, now this is going back to about 2000, 2001 time frame, so, you know, over a dozen years ago, I start researching Victor Schauberger. And Schauberger was this rather amazing individual that came out of Austria. He was a forest ranger. He was caught up in World War II. Uh, Hitler and, uh, you know, the Nazi Germany regime took all the scientists, engineers, anyone 
and they put them into the uh, war effort for research and uh, creating, obviously, weaponry. And uh, Schauberger didn't want to do that, so he, uh, you know, kind of fiddled and uh, whatnot, but a very powerful man, uh, extremely powerful. He made considerable wealth uh, prior to World War II by constructing some of the most unique and still uh, unique to this day log flumes. And there's an interesting story where he uh, promises that if he could get more uh, timber down the mountain into the sawmill at the time, you know, would he be paid handsomely? Well, of course, he was, he did, and his log flumes were capable of transporting timber that no other flume could. Most of the timber that would have sunk or not been transportable by a flume was, in fact, able to be carried by the water through Schauberger's uniquely designed plumes. And Schauberger, uh, one of his mottos was comprehend and copy nature. And that boils down to, now I'll tangent back into why I started researching Schauberger. And that was because the deformation I was seeing in the Tesla disk pack due to high temperature was deforming the steel, uh, the 316 grade stainless steel. And it was in a waffle pattern. Well, this waffle pattern that we thought was a mistake or something that we were trying to engineer and eliminate, in Schauberger's version of a, a motor, an implosion machine, this was by design. So throughout years of engineering work, we finally came to the conclusion that, in fact, part of the operation of a Tesla turbine is micro-implosions in the disk pack. And this is also what makes Schauberger's implosion machines, the Repulsine, uh, the home power generator, the trout turbine, uh, another u- unique uh, device called the Climator, which is an air conditioning and heating unit, which uses no compressor, no valves, all from what's called wavy disks. And these wavy disks have a multiple function. They compress and they expand air rapidly, or a fluid, I should say, fluid as well. And this causes implosive effects, or as Schauberger would say, naturalesque movement. So in that study and that research, uh, I ran into some wonderful people. Calum Coates, the brilliant author from Australia, who is the author of the Echo Technology series, again, Five books that I encourage you to read is the four in the Echo Technology series and also Living Energies, again, from Calum Coates. And they are probably the de facto standard on biographical writings on Victor Schauberger. Now, Schauberger, unlike Tesla, Schauberger was virtually erased from history. And were it not for the Schauberger family and the PKS Institute, the Pythagoras Kepler Institute, uh, from Austria, and Jörg Schauberger, who is Victor's great-grandson. Uh, you wouldn't even know about this man. And then Calum Coates came in after Olaf Alexanderson and just did one amazing write-up. And that uh, series of books is just an outstanding read. And I do encourage you to pick them up at uh, either your library or Amazon.com, anywhere that you can. Uh, Some of those are available through Amazon. They seem to be out of print, but I'm sure you can find them if you hunt it. Reading it, you will definitely enjoy the read. So, uh, again, highly recommended that you uh, look into those books.
As far as Tesla and the turbine or the Schauberger Repulsine, they can be combined. And the product that you get out of that, an implosion engine, is quite an amazing unit. And although we cannot really go too much into detail, let's just say that are the machines capable of running on air alone? Yes, they are. And that brings us smack around into some of the wonderful people we've bumped into at the Tesla Technology Conferences, the Extraordinary Technology Conferences hosted by Steve Ellswick. Uh, there are people out there all over that are coming up with free energy devices over Unity machines, zero-point energy, energy from the vacuum, Tom Bearden being one of the most notable. And Tom has patented what's called the MEG, the M-E-G, the Motionless Energy Generator. Uh, validated and confirmed by Jean-Louis Nadine from France, uh, the unit granted a United States patent, which you can look up online. And here is a unit that, for all practical intent and purposes, looks like a small box or a coil, uh, about a 6 by 8 inch footprint, and this unit develops 2.5 kilowatts of electricity. So you can plug into it. The unique thing about it is, where's that energy coming from? The vacuum. So zero-point energy. There's no plug powering this wonderful device. Now, I'm kind of curious why this hasn't made it to commercial market. Hmm, interesting. You can get into all kinds of conspiracy theories there, but the fact is it's not commercially available yet. So these are some of the things that we all bump into is when you try to disrupt the status quo or the regime, you end up not getting very far. And these are some of the things that we encounter uh, on a daily basis in our quest to bring more economically feasible units to the general public. And we always seem to, you know, the funding dries up or someone can't commit. But one way or the other, it's really... Uh, just centered around people are either suppressed or afraid to move forward with technology that would disrupt the current conventional entrenched uh, technology. So we perceive that, you know, there is uh, a group or an entity or a large faction, you can call it what you will, that does suppress this technology. Now, I think with the Internet, that's the amazing thing. The Internet's hard to stop. You know, you can suppress certain things, but you just cannot make millions and millions of people that have direct access to information instantly, on demand, around the world, and then suppress that. So it is growing, and I do think that those powers to be know that it's not long before this technology is released to the general public, and I think they'll probably be the ones that will be backing it so that they can get their fingers in on it. Uh, what will that do? Well, it will yield a wonderful new lifestyle. Tesla wrote about it, uh, The World Tomorrow, and you can read that. And this is going back into the early 1900s. So over 100 years ago, here was Nikola Tesla writing about what you could pick up the paper today and think that it was today's headlines. That was the brilliance of Tesla. So when people ask me why I got involved, well, without a doubt, Nikola Tesla trying to recreate, reverse engineer, and just come close to what he had done over 100 years ago. And again, every time you're outside, every time you drive down a road, somehow, some way, you are directly influenced by the brilliance of Nikola Tesla well over 100 years ago. 
that alternating current system that we use all around the planet today was designed and engineered by Tesla back in the late 1890s. Now think about that for a minute. Before 1900, this was in place with Tesla. Tesla, there was the, the wonderful Tesla-Edison war. Well, it wasn't really a war. It was Edison, who the entire world, you know, adored Edison and the light bulb. Well, Tesla got in the way with that because if you research and look through the historical uh, archives, here was Edison backing direct current. Here was the new kid on the block, Nikola Tesla, the wonder boy, who did in fact work for Edison for a time being. And that's a very amusing story there. Uh, and I'm not even going to tell you about that one. I'll let you read into that and uh, enjoy that yourself. But there was a falling out with Tesla uh, and Edison due to Edison not paying Nikola Tesla. So Edison backed DC. Tesla was alternating current, AC. Tesla, of course, won for extremely valid reasons. And it was Edison's ego that prompted him to try to suppress, to belittle, to badmouth everything that you read in the papers is something or other about Edison trying to stop Tesla from pushing his alternating current system forward. Uh, then I think the final blow came when Edison lit the, uh, or uh, excuse me, when Tesla lit the World's Fair in Chicago. And right after that, Tesla built the first large hydroelectric plant in the United States up on Niagara Falls. So now alternating current, you know, it was everywhere. Tesla was in every single newspaper almost every day. He was courted by kings and queens. He was courted by presidents. Uh, he was a popular individual. That's why it's hard to believe what kind of force could suppress that kind of notoriety. Well, the one and only answer, J.P. Morgan, the premier, probably foremost banker and wealthiest individual, or one of them in the world at that time, J.P. Morgan did not want Tesla to give freely available energy to this planet. His quip, I think this is almost a quote, was, well, how do we charge for that? Meaning, if we can't control it, if we can't charge for it, we can't make money off it, therefore... It was a threat to the Morgan Empire or the House of Morgan. So throughout the years, you know, Tesla was eradicated almost thoroughly from history. When you look at the, uh, oh, the, the mathematical formulas for Lorentz and the Heaviside equations, well, they were altered at Morgan's request so that there could never be another Tesla. Tom Bearden has a wonderful write-up uh, on how J.P. Morgan destroyed Tesla, and that's on his website. Uh, you can do a Google search on that, Tom Bearden, B-E-A-R-D-E-N, and that is one of the best write-ups that I know of, uh, and it's available freely on the Internet, that you can read on how J.P. Morgan destroyed Tesla, and that is the name of the uh, article. Bearden also goes on to explain how energy from the vacuum, well, it's always been there. It's been described by the ancients back to the time of the pyramid builders, the Babylonians. When you look at all the hieroglyphs in a new light, you see symbols that now you have that aha moment, which I'm going to take a tangent now 
And I'm going to put a plug in for a wonderful individual from down in Australia, and his name is Jeremy Stride. He has a website, code144.com, C-O-D-E, 144.com. And Jeremy, in his brilliance, was a huge fan of Ed Leedskalnin. Leedskalnin built what has been called America's Stonehenge, and that was Coral Castle. And that sits down in Homestead, Florida, just about oh, a half hour west of Miami area, southwest. And here is this castle made entirely out of coral block, some of them weighing several tons, all of them large stones. And this was built by this tiny diminutive man, not much more than five feet in height, 105, 110 pounds, by himself with no heavy equipment. Now, I've visited Coral Castle, and as an engineer, an aerospace engineer, I can tell you that if someone said, Frank, we'll give you a billion dollars, build a castle, just like that one that Ed Leedskalman built, I'd say, okay, we can do it. Oh, the catch is you can't use any heavy equipment, no cranes, no stone-cutting material, nothing. Well, I'd lose out on that bet because I could not do that. Not by myself, not one man, not in this lifetime. I may be able to quarry the stone. I certainly couldn't raise it and erect it as Lee Scalman did by himself. Well, the story goes, Ed claimed to know the secret of the builders of the pyramids. Now, when you look at one unique uh, item that sits down in Ed's workshop, you see what's called the flywheel. Now, Ed Leedskalman does write about this in Magnetic Currents and in some of his other, they're basically pamphlets. You can find them online or through uh, code144.com. And this is the brilliance of Jeremy Stride. Jeremy saw patterns at Coral Castle and started researching. Well, the Norman Hall in Philadelphia, a Freemason uh, building, has some unique what everyone had looked at for years, several decades even, as just artwork. Well, it's not just artwork. It's describing magnetism and electricity. And it's fully describing in panels on the ceiling five different fields. The magnetic field as it exists, the magnetic field opening up under a control, the magnetic field settling in, the new magnetic field as it can be used and it's almost as if the Freemasons were giving us a blueprint on how to control magnetism and electricity. Now, when you tie this into the writings of Walter Russell in The Secret of Light and the Universal one, you begin to get a picture that, as Russell said, the universe is just magnetism and electricity, Positive and negative electricity and magnetism, each trying to cancel the other out, or more specifically, magnetism trying to cancel out electricity, but it can't. And when you combine the works of Russell with Ed Lee Scallon with Tesla, Tesla is quoted as saying, if you only knew the magnificence of the three, six, and the nine, you would have a key to the universe. Well, that's very true. Now enter in people like Marco Roden with Roden Math, and Marco's amazing work on one through nine and the three and the six and the nine being the oscillating point and his amazing work with toroids. Now you start realizing, could it really be that simple? 
could this spiraling vortex, this toroid, this one through nine, the three, the six, the nine, Edlid Scalman's work, a flywheel, stones that obviously were moved, and this is in modern times, so there were neighbors, and none of the neighbors saw any heavy equipment come in, yet Coral Castle exists, no different than the pyramids, no different than any of the other megalithic structures around this planet that we have to admit were built, and we have all kinds of crazy, oh, they did it with you know, 10, 15, 20, 100,000 men working for 20, 30 years. I don't think so. I think they did know the secrets, or they understood naturalesque principles of controlling magnetism and electricity, thus levitation, gravity control, everything. Tremendous power, I think, lost throughout the ages. I'm not quite sure of the tie-in with the Freemasons and how that knowledge was handed down. It could have been an offshoot of the Knights Templar. It could have been they discovered this in Jerusalem. The knowledge contained in the temple in Jerusalem could have come from back in time to the pyramids, the Babylonians, the Sumerians. I'm not quite sure where it originated. But obviously someone with Jeremy Stride's brilliant detective work in decoding the... Norman Hall in Philadelphia is a direct tie-in of what Edlitz Galman was trying to tell us. So you have so many things going on, too great for coincidence. And again, telling us there's more out there, which I really feel is so simple. It's almost that duh moment, like, oh my gosh, it's that easy. The math bears it out with road and math. It really is that simple. Because it all breaks down to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 3, 6, 9, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. And when you delve into the road in math, you really do realize there's something very, very brilliant here at work. Vortex theory, all of these other wonderful things. So these are some of the areas that we're going to explore in this show. I will be bringing on some incredible people. I'll be bringing in my partner, Martin Durantes, uh, who's worked with me for now 15 years with Tesla turbines and Tesla turbo machinery and Tesla pumps. I'll be bringing in the brilliant Todd Livingston, uh, James McGlynn and Jamie Dodd from DATT in Boston. I'll be bringing in Calum Coates, the author of the Echo Technology series and Living Energies. I'll be bringing in Tom Bearden, kicking and screaming. I hope he's well enough to do an interview, but he's a brilliant, wonderful man. Uh, so lots of things coming up, lots of wonderful people. We'll be touching on energy, technology, power, energy from the vacuum, everything, zero-point energy. We'll also be going into water, the implosive effects of water. We'll be talking with Dan Winters who's created this amazing device called the imploder and the super imploder, which just by using flow forms and magnetic structures energizes and enlivens water so that it, again, similar to, or not even similar, it's the equivalent of what would have been deep, deep spring water that bubbles and comes to the surface and it's vital, increases your health, uh, wards off disease, things of that nature. Well, these things have been here, and now technology is coming to the rescue and giving us back that healthy, well lifestyle. And that's where I have now uh, come to a point in my career and in my life where I want to take the technology and I want to provide health and wellness 
for everyone. Because that's what we deserve. You know, if you don't have health, wellness, you really don't have much. You can have all the wealth in the world, but when you have healthy, active, abundant lifestyles, and that can come from technology, then you've really got a great life. So we're going to get the people together that can bring this technology into the forefront. We will be talking more about Nikola Tesla. We'll be talking more about Victor Schauberger. And we're definitely going to be bringing in some of the best of the best. So hang on and uh, let's enjoy this. Thank you for your time. This is Frank Germano, plvradio.com. And I look forward to future conversations with all of you. Have a great one. You have been listening to The Innovation Series. If you missed any part of the show, you can find it on plv-radio.com under Parshows tab.